from deep inside your audio device of choice. So, first of all, this weekend, some thoughts about Britain leaving the European Union. It's obligatory. If I don't have, if I didn't have any opinions or thoughts or insights about this, I'd have to go get me some. But I do. I've, as you probably have noticed, from the penchant I have for telling you where this broadcast originates week to week. I've been spending a lot of time in London over the last four to five years. So I've been treated to a lot of what's been going on over there. Of course, London is not England, as we've learned this week, if we needed to learn it again. But but first, before anything else, we've been told, ladies and gentlemen, for years now, that uh, the guys who run the finance side of our economy. They're, you know, they've learned their lesson about figuring out how to anticipate risks, risks that could be costly to their investments. Now, we could question whether lessons really have been learned by the financial guys because it's been reported this week that the U.S. federal government, you and your, yours and mine, is now backstopping a lot of subprime residential mortgages. Remember those? Yeah. It's that all over again. But, all right, back to the, the point. So, in the run-up to the election in Great Britain this week to decide whether in or out, whether leave or remain... The public opinion polls, which ended up being wrong, at least were fairly consistent all the way through in saying it's going to be close. So if you were a prudent investment company risk manager, wouldn't you think that was at least worth hedging your bet somewhat against the possibility it might happen? So why the panic? Why all of the chickens running around without their heads on Friday? Somebody forget to hedge? Anyway, yes, the the post-World War II idealistic, utopian, internationalist dream of Europe did seem to come to an end, but not this week. I think it came to an end about three, four years ago when Germany, which had been lending money to countries in southern Europe so they could buy German goods decided now you got to pay the money back and even though at uh, a fairly extreme point in the process even the International Monetary Fund said well Greece is never going to be able to pay this back the EU has insisted on squeezing Greece tighter and tighter more and more austerity Hospitals cannot afford medicine. 50% of Greek young people are unemployed. That may have been when the, the great European dream came crashing to an end for some people. In Britain, yes, there's been xenophobia, even though the the baristas in Starbucks are all Polish and uh, and are all friendly. Happy, to, ha- seemingly happy to be there. 
But it was a, uh, a unique opportunity. You weren't voting for anybody in this election. You were voting for or against being part of this thing. And if the thing seemed distant and bureaucratic, and if the people who were telling you all the scary stuff that was going to happen if Britain did get out of the EU were the very same people who failed to predict the economic mess, meltdown, recession, crash in 2008. And if you didn't like foreigners anyway. Or if you're just sick and tired of not having a good job or a better job or better wages or a better life. It was kind of a free shot because you weren't going to get some opposition leader that you really didn't like. You were going to just throw it all up in the air. Me, I'd have hedged. Hello, welcome to the show. Wasted on the wasted on 
From the edge of America, from the home of the homeless, I'm Harry Shearer welcoming you. You. You right there to this edition of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, you know there's a movie out now which has the advertising slogan, They Messed with the Wrong Planet. I would suggest the movie company chose the wrong pronoun. We messed with the wrong planet. I think Earth wants its Earth back. Two giant sinkholes in Texas are getting bigger and are at the risk of collapsing, the effects of which could be catastrophic, scientists have warned. The sinkholes found in the towns of Wink and Kermit. No kidding. That's according to International Business Times. Wink and Kermit. That's not the names of the sinkholes. Those are the names of the towns. Sinkholes would have less cute names. The sinkholes have been observed via satellite. Images indicate major changes could be underway. Not in the satellites. Don't get, don't get scared. The two sinkholes are currently a mile apart. The first one, Wink 1, appeared in 1980. The second, Wink 2, opened up in 2002. Caused by intense gas and oil extraction in the region from the 1920s to the 1960s. Wink 1, currently 110 miles across. Wink 2, up to 270 miles across. Big holes. Researchers from SMU have now carried out a study in the sinkholes using satellite radar sensing and publishing their journals, uh, their findings in the journal Sinkhole, no, in remote sensing. The team found that the sinkholes are unstable as a result of changing groundwater levels and Britain pulling, no, and minerals being dissolved. The team also found large areas of subsidence around the sinkholes in indicating that more could appear in the future or they could collapse into one Massive sinkhole. The area has active oil fields. A sinkhole collapse can be severe under natural conditions, but it could be catastrophic in urban settings or at oil and gas exploration facilities. According to the scientists, when groundwater levels rise, the ground lifts up. The groundwater then increases the rate at which salts are being dissolved, which then in turn causes the surface to subside. Both holes are getting bigger while areas connected to the sinkholes are also showing signs of deformation, something the authors could say say could be an alarming precursor to future hazards. There's hazardous liquid pipelines around. But it's not just Texas. Despite years of warning, Southern California, whence this broadcast is originating this week, is still unprepared for a major earthquake on the San Andreas Fault, which could cost natural gas-fueled wildfires and cut water supplies to millions of people, according to a task force reporting this week. The Southern California Disaster Risk Reduction Committee's 20-page report says lack of preparation poses a, sincere, uh, poses a significant and immediate threat to Los Angeles and the entire region. A large earthquake could move one side of the San Andreas Fault by 30 feet, creating a chain reaction that could spark rampant chemical fires and significantly damaged transportation infrastructure. Seismologists have worried for years there will be no big one. There will be big ones over and over, just a matter of when. Earth wants its Earth back. And now... News of the Olympic Movement. Produced by Jim Ebersol Jr. Golf. 
should lose its place on the Olympic program unless it can guarantee the participation of its top players. That's according to a member of the International Olympic Committee, Barry Meister. A number of top players, including Ireland's world number four, Rory McIlroy, have decided not to take part in the tournament at Rio 2016. He's a part, part of a long list of leading golfers to withdraw. Also his teammate, Graham McDowell, South Africans Brandon Grace, Louis Uthiesen, and Charles Schwarzel, Australia's Mark Leishman, and Adam Scott, and Fiji, Fiji's Vijay Singh. Another Australian, the world number one, Jason Day, has also admitted he may withdraw. The reasons have given have con- included concerns over the Zika virus, family commitments, and players wanting a rest. From golf? I think it's appalling, said Meister, winner of an Olympic gold medal in hockey a long time ago. I don't like it. I don't think the sport should be allowed to continue in the games under that scenario. Once they've got in, they've got to live it. The Olympics is about the best. They pledge the best. Any sport that cannot deliver its best athletes, in my opinion, should not be there. But it's it's golf. Yes, it is. The Tokyo Metropolitan Assembly will not send a mission to the Rio de Janeiro Olympics because of spiraling costs. Tokyo Assembly members were scheduled to observe the Olympics in Tokyo. No, sorry, in Rio. Rio uh, Tokyo will host the next Summer Games. This move comes days after the resignation of the Tokyo governor over criticism of his misuse of political funds and expensive overseas business trips. The Assembly determined the costs are expected to dramatically exceed initial estimates of around $600,000 due partly to surging hotel fees. It's surge pricing, babe. Some Assembly members will go to Rio on their own expense, citing the necessity to do so as members of an Assembly of the next host city. Watch those expense vouchers. The Rio de Janeiro laboratory responsible for processing all athletes' drug test samples at the Summer Olympics has been suspended by the World Anti-Doping Agency just weeks before the Games begin. The outgoing director of the drug agency said the suspension was due to technical errors and called it pretty disturbing. The lab was shut down Wednesday due to nonconformity with the international standard for laboratories and is prohibited from carrying out all anti-doping analyses on urine and blood samples. No details of the errors were specified. In the meantime, all samples collected from athletes in Brazil can be sent to your house if you like. No, will be transported to another accredited laboratory as soon as possible with a demonstrable chain of custody. And a Jaguar featured at an Olympic torch ceremony was shot dead by a soldier shortly after the event in the Brazilian Amazon city of Manaus. The animal escaped from its handlers. A soldier fired a single pistol shot when the escaped animal, despite being tranquilized, approached the soldier. We made a mistake in permitting the Olympic torch, a symbol of peace and unity, to be exhibited alongside a chained wild animal. This image goes against our beliefs and our values, said the local organizing committee, Rio 2016. We guarantee there will be no more such incidents at Rio 2016. A smiling cartoon yellow jaguar is the mascot of the Brazilian Olympic team. The Olympics, it's a movement. And if you're a Jaguar, better move out of the way. Every day. By the way, apropos of discovery, a lot of journalists have made this week that London is not like the rest of England. 
Los Angeles and San Francisco are not like the rest of California. New Orleans is not like the rest of Louisiana. Chicago is not like the rest of... You get it. Ladies and gentlemen, the marketers of brain training games. That just sounds like poetry right there. Anyway, have long drummed up sales by pointing to data that show their products make you smarter or that they ward off cognitive decline. What does that mean? But a cleverly designed new study from researchers at George Mason University offers the best evidence yet that there's a serious flaw in much of that research. According to statnews.com, the problem is people may be getting a mental boost because they're expecting to do better, not because the games actually work. Quote, this study seems to strongly support our concerns that brain training effects might be nothing more than placebo effects, said Walter Boot, a Florida State University cognitive psychologist who was not involved in the research. He just read it. Schmoozing. He's a schmoozer. The new study published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences had the uh, study participants, 50 of them, playing the same memory-boosting game, but they were recruited in two different ways, either from a flyer blaring the words brain training and cognitive enhancement or one that simply invited them to participate in a study. The former group saw a 5 to 10 percent a 5 to 10 point IQ boost after playing the game. The latter showed no cognitive improvement. The findings may be seen as another blow to a brain training industry already under fire. The company behind the most high-profile brand of brain training games, Lumosity. Yes, you've heard of them, if you listen to public radio. Agreed in January to a $2 million settlement with the FTC for making deceptive claims about the health effects of its games. The money is being refunded to their customers. It's really necessary for researchers to in some way account for this placebo effect moving forward because this could contaminate your effects, says the study's lead author. And there are also questions about how long any real cognition benefits might last. And it's also unclear how much it actually matters. The cognitive improvements shown in the games is measured by how well people perform abstract abstract tasks in a university lab, which may not carry over to maintaining complicated skills such as driving a car or remembering a... What was it again? Oh, a grocery list. That's it. Please give, because their money is going somewhere else. And, And ladies and gentlemen, apropos of... Lessons not learned. Every year since 2009, the Federal Reserve here in the United States has examined the health of the nation's largest banks to see how they would hold up in a economic downturn or extreme market turmoil. These are known as stress tests. They measure whether banks have enough surplus capital, a cushion that's supposed to protect depositors and prevent government bailouts in order to pay out billions of dollars to shareholders in the form of dividends and stock buybacks. But now... According to a review of the process done last year by the Fed's own Inspector General, it turns out that at least part of the operation has been run somewhat haphazardly. That is, for the crucial job of checking the reliability of the simulations, the central bank relied on a crew of about 85 sometimes inexperienced staffers pulled from departments throughout the system. The idea was that they would finish the job before they had to return to their regular duties, and often they didn't. Given the importance of these models, the Fed's models should be of the highest quality, 
said an independent consultant who previously served as chief risk officer for Fannie Mae. The models he's referring to are the mathematical and statistical models that predict how loans and trading positions might fare in the future. The uh, problems that the Fed say, he says, put a question mark on the overall process. Me personally, that's not where I want my question marks on the overall process. Lots of folks back east, they say, leaving almost every day. From the home of the homeless, this is Le Show celebrating the magic of timing. Timing, ladies and gentlemen, it's what it's all about. This week, Donald, yeah, Donald Trump celebrated two really miraculous, serendipitous pieces of timing. First of all, the middle of a presidential campaign. Think of that. James Dobson, head of Focus on the Family, a conservative religious Christian uh, organization, uh, announced to a group of his fellow congregants, 
of from various organizations that an unnamed person he knows had brought Donald Trump to Christ. He's a baby Christian. He's born again, said James Dobson. In the middle of a presidential campaign, who would have thunk it? The other piece of absolutely fortuitous timing is that uh, just after Great Britain voted to leave the European Union, there was Donald Trump in Scotland. Not to pronounce on on foreign policy particularly, to um, cut the ribbon on the opening of his new golf course or his refurbished golf course in Scotland and uh, to say what a great thing it was that Britain had um, voted against continued membership in the EU even though Scotland, where he was standing at the moment, had voted overwhelmingly to stay in the EU. But that's, you know, just not that fortuitous. The uh, big news, though, about Donald Trump this week was the revelation in some uh, documents issued by the Federal Election Commission that showed very little cash on hand in the Trump presidential campaign, if that's what it is, and not just an opportunity to promote the golf courses. Um, I think $1.3 million on ha- on hand uh, as of May or the end of May, uh, a figure dwarfed. Uh, can we still say that? Little people to buy the amount uh, on hand in the uh, Hillary Clinton campaign, probably even by the uh, money left in the Bernie Sanders campaign. Some alarm in uh, more conventional Republican circles that the Trump campaign has still not staffed up. And as a matter of fact, they staffed down this week, firing longtime campaign manager Corey Lewandowski, who immediately went and got a job as a political commentator at CNN, despite the fact he'd signed a non-disparagement agreement with Trump, as all employees of Trump do. What, are the, what does he think he is, Fox? But as I say, the the, uh, establishment Republicans are um, looking askance at the continued skeletal nature of the Trump campaign. He keeps insisting he's going to hire more people. Uh, But the fundraising is still operating at a fairly anemic pace, according to most reports, leaving people to wonder, well, okay, either he's going to self-fund the general election campaign, which he said he's not going to do, but he said he might do it, but he said he won't do it. You know, it's like him, three different versions. Um, There is another possibility. From the Tony Salerno Theater in New York's fabulous Trump Tower, it's the first annual Grand National Trumpathon. All the stars of the Donald J. Trump firmament have been gathered together to bring you the greatest entertainment spectacle since Jay-Z's wedding. All in aid of the world's most historic presidential campaign. With the music of the Eric Trump Orchestra, I'm your co-host, Rush Limbaugh. Now, ladies and gentlemen, your host for the next 26 hours, the man who put the M back in campaign, Mr. Donald J. Trump. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, hey. 
Thank you. Thank you very much. So glad to be back in New York City. As a matter of fact, I, I, I just flew in from Scotland. Scotland, you know, as publicity for my incredible golf course there, which you got to visit. They had me. Uh, they had me a try on a, a kilt or a set of kilts, however you say it. Really, really, I'd like to see that. <laughs> Believe me, you don't want to. Oh. Even Melania didn't want to see it, and that's her job. <laughs> but I'll tell you one thing: my hands sure appreciated the ventilation too. Oh, <laughs> ah, believe oh. me. Yeah, right. But, uh, but listen, Rush, mm-hmm. it's so great to have you on board. It's only too bad you can't be here with us in person as we start counting the dollars that we'll put next year's Trumpathon smack dab in the middle of the White House dining room. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, thanks, Mr. Trump. But uh, if I were to leave the excellence of uh, Palm Beach and be your co-host up there in person in New York City tonight, my tax bill would probably equal what we're going to raise here. And, and, and nobody wants that. <laughs> Rush, I'll see you in person at Mar-a-Lago the next time we open it up to non-family. Speaking of family, please welcome my musical director for this evening, a person I'm proud to call someone my second wife raised. Please welcome my son, the fabulous Eric Trump. <laughs> the gals love him. Right? But... Uh, but we've got only 26 hours to fill and a huge amount of money to raise. We're holding this telethon tonight, as you know, to help rid the world of the deadly scourge known as Hillary Clinton. And here to help make those telephones ring and those computers go however they go, here's the great Ann Coulter. Thank you. Thank you very much. Give, 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 give. See, you gotta give, 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 give. If this country's gonna live, 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 live. Gotta fight the witch, 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 witch. Voters have to switch, 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 switch. He's the leader that we need. With him, success is guaranteed. All he's gonna do is win, 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 win. So we gotta give some money to him. I say, give, 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 give. Call a number on your screen. Screen, 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 screen. Give it any way you can. Credit card or green, 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 green. Just give, 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 give. 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 Absolutely incredible, Ann Coulter, building it out of the park. Ah, well, thanks, Mr. Trump. God bless and you. And she's something. And uh, I, uh, Eric, I just have to say, you had that band sounding just like a karaoke track. Thanks, Dad. Yeah. Right. But uh, you know, and now I'm I'm uh, reading from prompter like they told me to. But Gene, you gotta keep up with me on the prompter. Or I'm gonna go rogue. Speaking of which. The great Sarah Palin was going to be with us here tonight, which would have been simply spectacular, but in the last minute, she found out that her daughter is pregnant yet again. So congratulations, Sarah. We'll miss you. She did send an extremely nice message asking everybody watching to give what you can to the wonderful cause so that children can walk again without the crippling curse of liberalism. (laughs) Yeah. Ah, Believe me. Thanks, Sarah. That's incredibly nice. And, of course, it's true, too. But we're all nice. Now, speaking of the truth, our next guest is a man who spoke truth to power. 
the truth of his fists to the power of heavyweight challengers. Ladies and gentlemen, my friend, the great Mike Tyson. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Uh, good evening. I haven't felt this nervous since I got on my daughter's hoverboard. <laughs> No, seriously, Mr. Trump is such a great man. He greeted me personally when I got into the elevator to come up here. No, it's true. I asked him where my dressing room, and he said, you in it. <laughs> He's a great businessman. I wear Trump cologne. I eat Trump steaks. But he's a very dedicated man. Out of goodness of his own big old heart and his love of this great country, he's going to find out what this whole Muslim thing about. And specifically... Why they don't want to buy Trump pork chops. <laughs> no, you got to understand, every dollar you give to this telephone goes straight into the heart of the Trump for President campaign. Some of it will go to research to find the causes and the cures for Hillary voters. <laughs> but a lot will go into buying TV ads and helping to get out the vote this November. You know, I'm helping to get out the vote personally. I made my daughter go vote on a hoverboard. <laughs> Thank you. God bless you. God bless Donald J. Trump. And God bless God. Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson. Who gets Mike Tyson? Wow. What an incredible man. And a great, great golfer. You know, he doesn't hit the ball with a, a club or putter like the rest of us. He just punches it down the fairway. <laughs> and next... Ex we uh, excuse me, Mr. Trump. Yeah. What, what is it, Rush? Can't well, you see I'm about to introduce our next I, incredible guest? Well, I understand, sir, but uh, you might want to look at the tote board. Every time that hotline bling, it can only mean one thing, $700. Wow. Unbelievable. Right? Unbelievable. And, of course, uh, a lot of our great Trump Network stations aren't even on the line yet. They're still stuck with carrying those pathetic, failing evening newscasts. But this is just from the people watching the Internet stream. And we love you. And we think you're the absolute greatest... But, folks, we need so much more money, so keep calling those phones and those computers. And remember, there's no amount too small. If you want to contribute $5, am I going to turn that down? Is that how I got incredibly rich, by turning down free money? Now, what are you telling me, Debbie? My floor manager's waving at me crazier than a Trump University graduate trying to get his diploma. We, we, we got somebody on the Trump line. Hello? Hello, Donald. This is Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> This is incredible. This is incredible. Usually I call into your show. <laughs> well, it's the least I could do, and I thought that was appropriate. Well, when I'm on your show, Bill, you always ask me questions. Well, yeah. How about we turn the tables and I ask you a question or two? Sure. I haven't answered a question since my last deposition. <laughs> I know the feeling. <laughs> so, uh, Bill, yeah. how do you think we're doing making progress against the vicious killer that is Hillary Clinton? Uh, Don, or Mr. Trump, I should say, for the sake of journalistic ethics. Well, we all know you're very, very fair, don't we? Don't we? Huh? Yeah. Getting back to your question, mm -hmm. I know your people are working every day to find the cure for Hillary. But I just have to think maybe more money is going to help speed up that process. Huh. And we know it's not going to come from the big money donors no. who, right. frankly, I think are scared of mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. So it's got to come from your viewers who obviously aren't scared of you or they wouldn't be watching. Well, OK. So last question, Bill, because we've got to give our Trump network stations a chance sure. for a break. Sure. What do you think our viewers should do? I yeah. mean, really, just just off the top of your head. Hey, listen, I 
think there's a number on the screen. There's a web address. Your viewers are smart people. They can figure it out. The great Bill O'Reilly. Thank you. Calling it from where, Bill? Home. I'm home. Great. So am I. Hit it, Eric. Eric, that's a cue. Your turn, Bill. If you were a rich man. I really am. But if you really, really, really were. Huh? What? You'd self-fund this whole campaign. Yeah, if I were a wealthy man. Oi! You wouldn't have to ask, folks. But I'm asking. And I can't ask. No. But you know, I sure agree. So please do what Mr. Trump here would. If I were a wealthy man. Bill O'Reilly on the phone. Wow. You know, Mr. Trump? Yeah. <laughs> Hearing Bill O'Reilly sing, where else can you hear that? Yeah, but there's so much more. Hit it, Eric! My life as I live it is hard to impeach. I'm making the pivot. Yeah, I'm reading each speech. National Trumpathon 2016. Next hour, Ted Nugent premieres his new hit song, Shoot First, Ask Questions Never. Remember, if you miss a little, the terrorists win. The fee has been paid for the appearance of Mr. Trump.
And now, ladies and gentlemen, the Apologies of the Week. You know, even professional wrestlers have to apologize, apparently. It's in the script. Two nights after losing the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, Roman Reigns, or Roman Reigns, not his real name, has been suspended for 30 days by WWE for violating the company's wellness policy otherwise known as its drug policy. The news comes mere hours after Reigns was booked into a rematch for the title. That may not happen. In a statement, the company explains WWE has suspended Joe Anaway, real that's his real name, for 30 days effective immediately for his first violation of the company's talent wellness policy. Two things, talent and wellness. Reigns followed the announcement with a statement of its own reading, I apologize to my family, friends, and fans for my mistake in violating WWE's wellness policy. No excuses. I own it. Unquote. And they own him. Oh, why did I? Deadline Chicago Bayer AG's Crop Science Division apologized this week for a tweet that suggested reduced meat demand could benefit the environment. In a bid to appease outraged farmers who buy the company's chemicals and maybe their seeds if they get to merge with Monsanto, the company tweeted, Going vegetarian can cut your food carbon footprint in half. Well, that was the first tweet. But that sparked a backlash from North American grain growers who sell much of their harvests to livestock operations and from farmers who raise animals. A decline in meat consumption would hurt their incomes. A Bayer crop science spokesman said the tweet was a mistake. It didn't reflect the company's views. The tweet has been deleted or the delete has been detweeted and apologies have been tweeted to about 130 individual Twitter users who complained about it. The livestock industry feeds our planet and we're glad to support it. It was never our intention to antagonize it. Sorry! 
The head of Tokyo Electric Power Company apologized this week over his predecessor's order to not use the term core meltdown to describe the situation at the Fuk number one plant in the early days of the March 2011 crisis. It is extremely regrettable. People are justified in thinking it is a cover-up, said TEPCO president Naomi Hirose. The remarks came after a report published last week said that then-president Masataka Shimiza instructed a vice president in a news conference not to use core meltdown to describe the state of the reactors. The company's internal manual defined a meltdown as damage to more than 5% of the fuel. The event, in fact, damaged 25 to 55% of the fuel rods. The utility used the less serious phrase core damage for two months. May of 2011, TEPCO finally used meltdown. The report suggested efforts were made to make the nuclear crisis look less severe than it actually was. The utility said it will cut the new president's salary by 10% for a month, even though it was the old president who uh, managed the cover-up. The uh, company challenged the panel's finding, said that neither he nor the uh, former prime minister had uh, requested then-President Shimizu to avoid using the term meltdown. The party, that is to say the uh, governing party, will consider taking legal action against TEPCO and a third-party panel that compiled the report. Sue everybody while you're at it. Deadline Khan, in a remarkable turn of events, Bayer has now distanced itself from a controversial Brazilian aspirin ad made by BBDNO that won a bronze lion in Khan. It's an award for advertising and which caused a stir when it was accused of being sexist. Client now says the agency had run the ad solely to win awards. Bayer says it will not allow the campaign to ever be used again. BBDO has withdrawn all Brazilian Bayer work from the Con Lions and will return the Bronze Lion. Bayer acknowledged in a statement to Adweek approving the ad, but said it only ran in limited placement in Brazil, and the company hasn't done any aspirin advertising in the country for several years. They have no headaches in Brazil. Why? Bayer also said the agency, not the client, paid to run the ad. This appears to be an entry that was targeted at con judges, not consumers, which many in the industry consider to be an example of scam ads crafted solely for the awards circuit. In a statement to Adweek, BBDNO apologized for the ad. The agency covered the cost of the media. Almop, BBDO, deeply apologizes for any offense caused and takes full responsibility for the creation of the work. I'd say to the folks of Bayer, after a week of two headaches like this, take up aspirin, call your doctor. Dayline Warwick, Rhode Island, a, a servant all-stars bar and grill in Warwick, was fired after he referred to, as a, to a customer as fatty on a receipt. The... Uh, Customer, Dylan Arnold, said he was on the outside patio at All-Stars when the server brought him his bill just before 1 a.m. I was signing my slip. I didn't really pay attention to it yet, and then I just happened to read it, and I saw it in the corner. I was like, wow, and my heart just dropped. Yeah, well, maybe it's, oh, the receipt lists the name and the address of the restaurant but doesn't show the server's name. I'll never go to the All-Stars on Airport Road again, said the caption on Arnold's photo when he uh, posted it. I usually don't care, but this got me offended. Tony Ambrosio, the owner of the restaurant, said the server in question is his 18-year-old son. He was furious when he found out about the incident, and he fired his son immediately. 
He also said his son is no longer allowed on restaurant property. He's like a regular Eric Trump. I want to apologize to you, Dylan. From the bottom of my heart, I apologize, Ambrosio said. That's not the type of person I am, my employees are, or my child. Apparently it is, but his child. This this is a new trend in apologies. That's not who I am. That was just somebody uh, must have possessed me because that's not who I am. This is not who his son is. He also wrote an apology in the comment section of Arnold's Facebook photo, calling the incident unacceptable. Toronto Police Chief Mark Sanders Saunders said the Toronto Police Service has expressed its regrets for the targeted bathhouse raids against the city's gay community more than 30 years ago. Police officers barged in on four Toronto bathhouses in February 1981 and routed up the people inside. Nearly 300 were arrested and charged. Toronto resident Tony Fay said the apology has been, quote, a long time coming. The uh, CEO of Vayner Media, an ad agency, I guess, has apologized for a con, here we go again, party invite sent out on behalf of his agency calling for, quote, attractive females and models only, according to Adweek. The invite has been the talk of the Con Lion Advertising Festival and was quickly circulated among female advertising executives. Gentlemen may contact the PR departments of the respective sponsors. Meanwhile, females hoping to attend were required to send their untouched photos from Facebook and Instagram. Gary Vaynerchuk posted numerous videos on Twitter. He's the head of the company, apologizing for the email. He said he was mortified but took full responsibility and was getting to the bottom of it. He didn't deny that it was like him. And a cadre of young Bernie Sanders backers in Nebraska learned this week it isn't right to play politics with Latinos. During last weekend's Democratic convention, the Sanders group was accused of being paternalistic and exhibiting white privilege after it engineered the ouster of a longtime Latino leader in favor of a Sanders supporter as chairman of a Latino-centered caucus. Many of those in the Sanders group were young, white, and male. Many of them apologized profusely during an emotional meeting Tuesday with Latino leaders in South Omaha. Latinos in Omaha, ladies and gentlemen. Now I've heard everything. The Apologies of the Week, a copyrighted feature of this broadcast. And now, news of the warm. Won't you? Award winning at some point in the distant past. Soft listen to the warm. We can listen. Scientists have known for a while that coral reefs around the world are dying. You might send flowers. In a worst-case scenario, they were counting on large, healthy-looking corals to repopulate. But a new study presented at the 13th International Coral Reef Symposium in Honolulu this week shows these seemingly healthy colonies are coral zombies. I said coral zombies. Doesn't that make your CGI nodes tingle? They have no reproductive ability, which makes them useless in a recovery effort. It's pretty discouraging, said a biologist from the University of Central Florida, one of the researchers who sampled sites across the Caribbean. This is not good news. The researchers analyzed these samples to determine the reproductive ability of elk horn coral, a threatened species. In some places, including two sites in the Florida Keys, the coral had no eggs and no sperm. 
Study suggests that with no ability to propagate, elkhorn corals in those spots will eventually die out. Like zombies, they're essentially walking dead. It's a bit, a bit of a stretch. But, you know, they wanted to get some coverage. There, there are a lot of zombies in the Florida Keys, aren't there? Two samples from a remote, a remote area in St. Croix found the coral had 100% reproductive ability. Basically, the places with the heaviest tourism had the most severe damage, said the researcher. The study adds to growing evidence that coral reefs frequented by divers are in peril. Last year, a study found that oxybenzone, a common UV filtering compound in sunscreen, is in high concentrations in the waters around the more popular coral reefs in Hawaii and the Caribbean. The chemical not only kills coral, it causes DNA damage in adult coral and deforms the larval stage, making it unlikely they can develop properly. The highest concentrations of oxybenzone were found in reefs most popular with tourists. Isn't that nutty? And a nutty coinketing. And future global warming will not only depend on the amount of emissions from man-made greenhouse gases, but will also depend on the sensitivity of the climate system and response to feedback mechanisms. Well, don't go to rock concerts then. But by reconstructing past global warming and the carbon cycle on Earth 56 million years ago, researchers from the Niels Bohr Institute, among others, have used computer modeling to estimate the potential perspective for future global warming, which could be even warmer than previously thought, according to results published in the Geophysical Research Letters, where they don't use stamps. Global warming from greenhouse gas emissions depends not only on the size of the emissions, but also on the warming effect that the extra amount of gas has on the atmosphere. This effect, called climate sensitivity, is usually defined as the warming caused by the doubling of the amount of CO2 in the atmosphere. It depends on a number of properties in the Earth's climate system, such as clouds and cloud cover. Climate sensitivity was higher during the past global warm climate than in the current climate, this is bad news for humanity, as greater climate sensitivity from warming will further amplify the warming. This was based on reconstructions and climate modeling of the period known as the Paleocene-Eocene Thermal Maximum, the PETM, triggered by massive amounts of carbon released into the atmosphere. Climate researchers have long identified it as a time that could in some ways be analogous to today's global warming. I guess the, uh, the dinosaurs drove... Gas guzzlers, I don't know. News of the warm for your listening pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, just one more uh, Inspector General note. You know about the uh, New York City Police Department's broken windows method of policing, championed by Bill Bratton during his first and current tenure as New York's police commissioner. Is it cracking down on petty crimes like vandalism and public urination generates an atmosphere of lawfulness that then prevents more serious crimes? Now, according to the Police Department's Inspector General, no evidence that huge crackdowns on low-level quality-of-life incidents decrease felony crimes. Directly contradicting a report by Bratton's NYPD last year that claims the exact opposite. Takes direct aim at the broken windows policy. The cost of that policy in police time and an increase in the number of people brought into the criminal justice system and at times in a fraying of the relationship between the police and the communities they serve. That's the cost of the broken windows policy, according to the inspector general. But what does he know? He's not a cop.
Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to conclude this week's edition of the show. The program returns next week at the same time over these same stations, over NPR worldwide throughout Europe, the USN 440 cable system in Japan, around the world through the facilities of the American Forces Network, up and down the east coast of North America via the shortwave giant WBCQ, The Planet, on the mighty 104 in Berlin, on Soho Radio in London, Around the world via the internet at two different locations, live and archived whenever you want it, harryshearer.com and kcsn.org. Available for your smartphone through stitcher.com, available as a free podcast at wwno.org, Sideshow Network, SoundCloud, iTunes, and tunein.com. And to be uh, just like zombie corals walking the earth, if you'd agree, join with me then, would you? Alrighty, thank you very much, uh huh. Tip of the show, chapeau to the San Diego, Pittsburgh, Chicago, and exile and Hawaii desks. Thanks, as always, to Pam Halstead and to Jenny Lawson at WWNO in New Orleans for help with today's broadcast. The email address for this program, a playlist of the music heard here on, and your golden opportunity to get Cars I Talk t-shirts, all at harryshearer.com. And me, I'm on Twitter at the Harry Shearer. The show comes to you from Century of Progress Productions and originates through the facilities of WWNO New Orleans. That's the flagship station of the Change is Easy Radio Network. So long from the home of the homeless. <laughs> <laughs>